Welcome back to a brand new episode of Raise the Apple. It looks a little different. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, moved back to school. Uh, got the green screen now. My stool is not here, so I currently am sitting on the floor. But it, the, the whole setup's still a little bit of a work in progress. Uh, the lighting's still a little weird. But we'll f we're going to figure it out at some point. But we have a lot to catch up on. It's been about probably two weeks or so since the last episode, just about when the Mets hit rock bottom and that stretch with the Dodgers and the Giants. Now they're out of it. Now they have that stretch with the Marlins and Nats. They won three out of five. Yesterday was a horrible loss. Andrew Stevenson is the death of this team. If if uh, Mets fans remember how Anthony Rendon, Anthony Rendon was kind of just that Mets killer throughout his career in D.C. He's like passed the torch to Andrew Stevenson, and now Andrew Stevenson is just being annoying. He 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 blew the game or tied the game the other day uh, during the doubleheader. The Mets eventually won in extras, and then yesterday with the walk-off hit, he's just been <sighs> new Mets killer is Andrew Stevenson. Who thought that at the beginning of the year? But nonetheless, the Mets are at an even 69 and 69 on the year. They are currently, if I can double check, I think, are they three and a half? Four games back to the division. The Braves had off yesterday. Four and a half games of the wild card with about 24-ish games left to play. So they are very much still in it. I know it may not look like it. In the wild card, they do have a lot of teams to jump. We'll talk more about the standings at the end. But the Mets are in a great spot. Kevin Pillar said uh, the other day that the Mets just need to stay within three games going into that last series in Atlanta. If they could stay within three games, then it's it, when they go to Atlanta to finish up the regular season, that's all that matters. So as long as we as long as the Mets can stay in there, they got uh, three with. I'm gonna double check the schedule quick. I know they got three with the Marlins in Miami up next. Then they have a little bit of a tougher stretch where they got the Yankees, Cardinals, and Phillies, Red Sox, Brewers. That stretch is going to be pivotal. That could be a make-or-break stretch. And then you have four at City Field against the Marlins, and then three in Atlanta to finish out the year. Hopefully the Mets are still in playoff conversations at that point. The offense has busted out. The team's been great the last week or so. Pitching has been okay. It's kind of been an up-and-down type deal. Defense has been superb. The Mets are finally clicking, which why they're clicking, we're going to talk about in just a second as to what has caused that. But before we get into that, the Mets did add Brad Hand from the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue, uh, Hand started the year with the Nationals, was traded to the Blue Jays, has been was horrible with the Blue Jays, and then was DFA'd. The Mets claimed him on waivers. For those of you who remember, the Mets were very hot on Brad Hand in the offseason. Now he is a Met at a significantly cheaper way than originally expected, so it indirectly worked out. He's made two appearances for the Mets. He was much better in his second one. His first one he came in, and one of his like first three pitches was a pass ball that led to when the Mets blew a nine-run lead. Yeah, blew a nine-nothing lead. But... Nonetheless, they ended up winning that game, so it's you got to overlook that. 
but they did add hand. And then this past week, just when things on the field couldn't get any worse for the Mets, you had off-the-field stuff. First of all, acting GM Zach Scott, he has been placed on administrative leave because because he was arrested for driving drunk. Allegedly. Allegedly. He was driving drunk. And until the Mets and the law the and the law part of it get figured out, he has been placed on administrative leave. Sandy Alderson it will now resume the roles of GM. I hate this is again one of the things I hate about the media, especially New York sports media. They were trying to spin this so horribly for the Mets because Zach Scott was coming from a fundraiser a Mets fundraiser that was taking place on Steve Cohen's property. Steve Cohen, obviously, for those of you who don't know, the owner of the Mets. They were trying to make this look horrible on Steve Cohen, even though Zach Scott is a grown man and decided to drink and drive. But it's Steve Cohen and Steve Cohen's fault for that. That's just the way the media has tried spinning it. I thought it was ridiculous. The only person to blame is Zach Scott completely unacceptable that's just one of those things that's just embarrassing to see to happen to anyone player front office staff owner whoever that's just that's just one of those things that's that's embarrassing to see as a fan from a fan's perspective uh that was that's pretty much all i could say about it. it was that was just stupid of him to do that but you know again allegedly i don't know what was entailed with that, but he is on administrative leave for the time being. He probably will be gone the rest of the regular season. I say acting GM because he is technically not the Mets general manager. He was hired to be the assistant GM to Jared Porter, but then all the stuff with Jared Porter with the inappropriate texts and all that, he was fired, and the Mets did not want to go through the process of bringing in another GM, so they stuck with Zach said, Zach Scott, you're going to be our interim GM until we can figure this out. The Mets need to find a GM. Steve Cohen, Sandy Alderson, and they need a GM for the three of them to work together to build a World Series team. Theo Epstein has been probably the most popular name brought up because of his success with the Cubs and the Red Sox. But Theo Epstein took this year off away from baseball just to kind of do his own thing. He's been working more as a consultant to the commissioner's office. But Theo Epstein has been a hot name that's been brought up. I personally am in favor and would like Theo Epstein to be the new GM. But will they? the two sides come to an agreement? That's yet to be seen. I don't know if Theo Epstein wants to come back in a GM role or if he wants to continue being his in his consulting role, but the Mets do need to get a GM situated. They're too late now for this year, obviously, but for next year, they definitely need to get uh, a GM in in the works. And then, besides that, with the the off-the-field stuff, you had thumbs down. If you're watching on YouTube, you'd see the thumbs down. The thumbs down is another New York sports media overreaction now hear me out on that though do I agree with the players booing back at the fans absolutely not well first of all let me give actually the 
the meaning of it for some people who may have missed it or didn't see it. So the Mets, whenever they get a hit or do have a big clutch hit or whatever the case may be, they do the thumbs down towards the dugout. Perfectly fine at first because no one knew what it meant. No one cared what it meant. It was just like their thing. So everyone's like, okay, it's their own thing. That's what they're doing, whatever. Turns out that when the players would do bad, when they would strike out with the bases loaded or whatever the case may be, and they'd get they'd get booed by the fans. Javi Baez, in a post-game interview, said that the reason they do the thumbs down is when they get booed when they do something bad. So when they do something good, like they get a clutch hit or whatever the case may be, they do the thumbs down as kind of uh, booing the fans. So basically, they're essentially mocking the fans. I personally am not really a fan of that, but I'm also not really a fan of fans booing the players because I just don't like that. And I know people are going to sit there and say, it's New York, it's part of how sports work in New York, and this and that. If you can't handle it, leave New York, get out of here, whatever the case may be. No. Like I've said a million times before, there are going to be times where your team sucks in every sport. You need to learn to embrace the suck. That's just part of being a fan. It's part of being a fan is embracing the suck. Your team's not going to be great every single year. They're going to have years where they're horrible. Booing them does not change that. I don't like booing them. I don't like the players kind of mocking the fans, putting them at war with each other. Then you have the front office getting involved, saying they were going to have a team meeting and then put the kibosh on that. Lindor and Baez apologizing. Here's my take on the thumbs down. I like that they had like a little fun gesture that they did with each other to kind of, you know, I thought it was an inside joke. Not no, Now I know what the meaning is. Personally, I'm not upset by it. I don't care that they were kind of mocking the fans. What I do not like is that they probably should have kept that on the down low. They probably should have kept that an inside joke in the clubhouse. They should not have gone public with that. They should not have told fans why they do the thumbs down. I just don't think that was really necessary. I don't know if there was a question or something that sparked it or if a reporter asked why they do the thumbs down. I just do not think that was a smart move to tell people what the meaning of that celebration was. It was an unnecessary distraction. And then you had the next day after the team, they had the day off, the team meeting, you had players on social media being vocal towards fans because fans were giving them crap. It was just, it, it basically the Mets were at rock bottom. The Zach Scott stuff kind of flew under the radar. It was kind of just like thrown out there. Oh, by the way, Zach Scott got arrested for drunk driving. And everyone, and no one really paid attention to it because everyone was talking about the thumbs down. But then you had the wild win, the walk-off from Conforto that scored Baez. You had Gary Cohen, you know, turn the thumbs around. And then it's just now Baez has lost a $200,000 earring, which is just why are you wearing that during a baseball game? But I'm sure that'll be made a joke. I'm sure the Mets can do like a promotion, like a Javi Baez earring giveaway or something like that. Kind of make light of it a little bit. But I think the whole thumbs down in general was just an unnecessary distraction. And I'm they did the team meeting. That's what seemed to have clicked this team. They Ever since that team meeting they had, 
They've been on fire offensively. Pitching's been solid. Bullpen's been fantastic. Defense has been fantastic. They've been much more aggressive on the bases in terms of going first to third and stealing bags and all that kind of stuff. So maybe it was for the better. I think this was blown way, way out of proportion for what it was. But again, it's all about what gets clicks now. That's all that matters is what gets clicks. So I hope that this thumbs down thing is over with and that it's not going to be a not going to be a thing coming down the stretch of the regular season but that's you know that's just the way it is with the Mets right now like I said 69-69 on the year four and a half back in the wild card four games back in the division they are not going to My bad. I've misspoke. They are in a great spot right now. I'm not worried. You do not need to worry yet. Again, like I've said, until the E number is an E, that they're still in it. They could still make the postseason. Okay, there's only two teams. It's September baseball, so it's officially magic number season. Only teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention are the Orioles, the Texas Rangers, and the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pirates, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. The Mets are still very well in it. This is going to be an exciting final stretch of the year. Like I said, we're going to talk about the standings in a little bit and the playoff races and going on in each league and in each division. But the Mets are in for an exciting last, like, three-ish weeks of the regular season. I'm super excited and I hope, excuse me, like I said before, I hope this thumbs down does not become an unnecessary distraction. Same with the Zach Scott stuff. You have Syndergaard that should be coming back soon. Uh, Nimmo, I know, just went on the IL because he slipped on third base. He's hoping to be back this year. You don't know what the deal with Jake is. It's, it's going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know I said the Mets aren't going anywhere without Jake. And I do think that the Mets need Jake if they're going to win the World Series at any point. I think Jake is going to have to be there. They certainly can do it without him, but I just feel their chances are significantly higher if you insert him into where he is, you know, where he can, where he always has been, where he could have continued. I wonder what his season would have looked like if he never got hurt. I wonder how, how much he could have continued the just – straight dominance that he was having and but then injuries obviously got the better of him now we're going to transition though into the rest of major league baseball before we talk about the standings which is going to be the chunk of what we what we discuss there has been an update regarding trevor bauer and his situation uh trevor bauer as we all know accused of sexual assault again a very touchy subject however the judge denied the woman's request for a permanent restraining order against Bauer. What does that mean? I'm no legal expert, so I'm just going to sum it up in a nutshell. Basically, that is a win for Bauer. However, that means the judge deemed that there was not enough evidence or, or sufficient evidence to warrant a permanent or long-term restraining order between Bauer and the victim. That does not mean he's out of the woods yet, though. He still has the investigation that's wrapping up with the Pasadena Police Department. He still has an investigation for Major League Baseball. 
and possible, probably long-term suspension looming. How does that work, though? The league will not suspend Bauer. They keep extending his administrative leave, which is super annoying, and I'll come back to that in a sec. The league will not suspend Bauer until the police investigation is over and they determine if there is enough evidence to warrant, you know, possible jail time or other, you know, determine if there's criminal acts involved. Why does Major League Baseball do it that way? Or is doing it this way with this situation? Because they cannot, because everyone knows how Trevor Bauer is. If Trevor Bauer gets suspended by Major League Baseball, there will be fight back from Trevor Bauer. That's just who he is. They're not going to suspend him if it turns out there's not enough evidence to even warrant you know, criminal charges. How They still probably will suspend him, but they're just wait, playing on the safe side and waiting for the police investigation to be over. Because regardless if there's criminal acts or not, it's determined that Bauer... If Bauer suspended, he will fight it from the league. That again, that's just how he is. What I my thing is, if the police investigation they determine that there is not enough substantial evidence to warrant criminal charges, so that would so and charges are dropped, the league still suspends him. He is facing a potential year plus uh, suspension if he pitches. I will be utterly shocked if he pitches the rest of this year. He's done for the year, which probably is very frustrating to him, which low-key is probably very frustrating to the Dodgers, not having the guy they spent a lot of money on be in the rotation, with, be in the rotation come playoff time. I don't like that this has played the way it has. I don't like that he's his administrative leave has kept getting extended, kept getting extended. I've seen, again, I'm by no means an expert on any of this stuff. However, I have seen so many athletes, as a fan, I've watched so many athletes get in trouble, get suspended, get banned, whatever the case may be, in all sports because of domestic violence stuff, sexual assault, sexual harassment, all that kind of stuff. I have never seen... And of all the cases I've seen of this, I have never seen it be prolonged as much as Trevor Bowers has. No one's really talked about this. Every other athlete that has been accused of something like this would have been suspended by now. Starling Castro got uh, accused of his sexual harassment a couple, like a two weeks ago or so, within like a week. The case happened within a week. He was suspended. The Nationals released him once his his suspension was up, or his uh, temporary suspension, or however, you, whatever it was. They released him immediately. Every other player had would have been suspended or disciplined by now, which is super confusing as to why Major League Baseball keeps putting him on paid administrative leave, so he's still getting paid. And just keeps prolonging it. They've prolonged it eight times now. They've kept extending his admin leave. So, which makes me believe that there's something going on that either A, there's nothing that they can really do to warrant a suspension. Like, there, he didn't, there's not evidence to support a suspension. 
So they're trying to figure out, hmm, if we don't suspend him, there's not evidence to suspend him. So if we suspend him, don't suspend him, we have to figure out a way to justify that to half the fan, half of our fan base that hates his guts and thinks he shouldn't see a pitching mound again. But then you also have the fact you're dealing with Trevor Bauer, and you know the type of person he is and how he's going to fight it. But it just makes me feel like there's something else going on that the public does not know. Because there is no way any athlete in any sport would get prolonged as long as this has without getting disciplined by the league. It's just The whole thing just makes me feel like there's something that the public is not aware of that is causing this to happen. How many times have you seen an athlete get put, get put on administrative leave for sexual assault allegations and have it get extended eight times throughout the investigation? Now, I know some guys, the charges were dropped. But like Aroldis Chapman served 30 games. Domingo Armand's, I believe, was like a 80-game suspension maybe. Year was it a year? I don't know. It was eighty or a year. Same with Dubo Herrera, Addison Russell. So many of these guys that have had 30, 80, 162 game suspensions. Why is Bauer not been suspended yet? Is there something that you know? It's like, is there something going on that does not warrant a suspension that they're just not ready to tell the public yet? Or is it more serious than they were telling the public and they don't and he could possibly be facing a ban? Like why does this keep getting prolonged? If you're going to suspend him, he should have been suspended by now. So which makes me to believe there's not enough reason to cause a suspension. Again, I'm no expert. I could be very wrong right now. I could be talking out of thin air and there could it could be clear as day that he deserves a suspension, a long term suspension, and they just have yet to figure out how to work that but this has I've never seen an athlete get pro get dragged on like this because of that I've never I've just never seen anything like this it's it's really a crazy story if you think about it I just don't understand how he had if they were going to suspend him how he hasn't been yet and why they've kept putting him on paid administrative leave over and over and over again it's the whole thing the whole story will come to light at some point it always does so we're just gonna have to wait and see but the odds he pitches again this year are virtually zero the odds he pitches in the future i don't know i'm willing to bet that immediately as soon as the world series is over this gets resolved they're going to wait and wait and wait until the World Series is over, and then maybe the next day or two, then they're going to announce the resu- the outcome of Trevor Bauer's situation and what the discipline, if any, there is going forward. But that's all I really will say on that. We have September baseball, the most exciting time of the year. It is magic number season. You got... The Rays, White Sox, Astros, Braves, Brewers, Giants all leading the division. The Dodgers are within a game of the Giants. The Padres have fallen off a little bit. The AL wildcard race is certainly exciting. Excuse me, same with the NL race. So the AL race, right now the Yankees have a half game lead over the Red Sox. 
for home field in the wildcard game. And the Red Sox have a three-game lead over the Toronto Blue Jays and the Seattle Mariners for the second wildcard spot. Oakland is three and a half back, and then you have Cleveland, who's eight and a half back, and then it keeps going, keeps going from there. The wild card in the AL, the Yankees have been struggling after winning 13 straight. Now they're they've they're three and seven in their last 10. Their offense has been virtually dead. Imagine though being in the AL East, and you're the Toronto Blue Jays. You're 74 and 62. You're in fourth place, and you're not even in a playoff spot. That's crazy. For the Blue Jays to be 12 games over 500, not in a playoff spot, in fourth place, second to last in their division, and at 12 games over. <laughs> that's that's just crazy. That's crazy to me. Uh, the Seattle Mariners, though, props to them. They've been just surprising everyone they've very quietly just flown under the radar and have gone into the conversation where do they stand in the division i know they're ahead of, neck and neck with oakland but how far back are they five and a half back of the astros possible i don't see the astros slowing down but that is it is possible that the a's and mariners can catch them but i, I don't think they will it's, it's the Astros' division to lose. It's just a matter of if Oakland and Seattle can make up wild card ground. Boston has hit a little bit of a COVID issue. They have 11 guys currently on the COVID IL, so that will hurt them a lot. There's a lot of big names that are on that COVID IL list. Yesterday, they uh, gave up, I believe it was like 600 runs because of four errors in a game that Chris Sale started and gave up like one or two runs. It, it, it's been a rough time for the Red Sox. The Red Sox are the AL Mets right now in terms of they're turning things around, but they went through a, a stretch where the, it was just horrible, horrible to watch. So ho- glad they were able to uh, to fix, to try and bounce back from that, but this COVID issue that the Red Sox are having certainly doesn't help them. And then you look at the NL. you got the Mets, Cardinals, Phillies and Reds all within four and a half of the Padres for the second wild card spot. The Reds have slowed down a little bit of late. However, the Reds did occupy that second wild card spot for a little bit while the Padres struggled. The Reds, I told you, the Reds were going to be a sneaky, pesky little sleeper team. And here they are, a game out of the playoff spot with about 24 games left to go. It's The Reds are a good team. Are they a playoff team? Yes. Will they make the playoffs? I don't know. I don't know if the Padres can hang on or not. But right now, you're looking at a wild card game if the season ended today of either Dodgers, Padres, or Giants, Padres. Right now, Dodgers, Padres. Because the Dodgers won, or excuse me, the Giants won the last two games of that series against the Dodgers. So now you're looking at Dodgers, Padres, wild card game. How great would that be for baseball? A one-game playoff between them, and it'll be in LA. That'd be so much, so much fun to watch. But there is a lot of excitement going on with playoff baseball coming up. We got tight division races, tight wild card races coming down the stretch. It is the best time of the year if you are a baseball fan. But that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Twitter, RTA underscore pod. Subscribe if you're new. 
Uh, follow on Twitter if you're new. Lots of Mets excitement, lots of baseball excitement in general coming down the stretch. And we're going to be here to cover all of it now. Now that it's uh, back at school and things have settled down a little bit after a crazy first week, now we can get back to business and get the Mets into the playoffs. So with that being said, we will see you guys. Today is Tuesday. We'll see you guys on Thursday for the next episode. Let's go Mets.